Hey, welcome to the Frauder H Reading Podcast. I am Frauder H. In this podcast recording, when and wherever you are hearing it, I'll be reading to you a selection of several fairy tales from the Brothers Grimm. Following this, I will read the full text of the Christian apocryphal scripture, The Infancy Gospel of Thomas. There will be mispronunciations. Number 23. The Mouse, the Bird, and the Sausage Once upon a time, a mouse, a bird, and a sausage came together and set up house. For a long time they lived together in peace and happiness, and they managed to increase their possessions by a considerable amount. The bird's job was to fly into the forest every day and bring back wood. The mouse had to carry water, light the fire, and set the table, while the sausage did the cooking. Yet, those who lead the good life are always looking for ways to make it even better. And one day, as the bird was flying about, he met another bird and boasted about how wonderful his life was. But the other bird called him a poor sap because he had to do all the hard work while his companions just enjoyed themselves at home. Indeed, After the mouse started the fire and carried the water into the house, she generally went to her little room and rested until she was called to set the table. The sausage always stayed by the pot and kept an eye on the cooking, and right before mealtime he usually slid through the stew or vegetables to make sure everything was salted and seasoned properly. And that was all he did. When the bird came home and laid down his load, they would sit down at the table, and after finishing the meal, they would sleep soundly until the next morning. Such was their glorious life. However, the bird had been disturbed by what the other bird had said, and next day he refused to fly into the forest. He told his companions that he had been their slave long enough, and that they must have taken him for a fool. He demanded that they try another arrangement. The mouse and the sausage argued against this, but the bird would not be denied, and he insisted that they try a new way. So they drew lots, and it fell upon the sausage to get the wood from then on while the mouse became cook, and the bird was to fetch water. What happened? After the sausage went to fetch wood, the bird started the fire, and the mouse put the kettle on the stove. Then they waited for the sausage to return with the wood for the next day. However, the sausage was gone so long that the other two had an uneasy feeling, and the bird flew out a little way to meet him. Not far from their home, however, he encountered a dog, and he learned that this dog had considered the sausage free game and had grabbed him and swallowed him down. The bird was furious and accused the dog of highway robbery, but it was of no use, for the dog maintained he had found forged letters on the sausage, and therefore the sausage had had to pay for this with his life. 
Now the bird sadly picked up the wood and carried it back home. He told the mouse what he'd seen and heard, what he'd seen and heard, and they were very distressed. Nevertheless, they agreed to do the best they could and stay together. Meanwhile, the bird set the table and the mouse prepared the meal. She intended to put the finishing touches on it by seasoning it and sliding through the vegetables the way the sausage used to do, but before she even reached the middle, she got stuck and had to pay for it with her life. When the bird came to serve the meal, there was no cook. He became so upset that he scattered wood all over the place, calling and searching for the mouse, but his cook was no longer to be found. Due to the bird's distraction, the wood soon caught fire, and the house went up in flames. When the bird rushed to fetch some water, however, the bucket slipped and fell into the well, dragging the bird along. Since he could not get himself out, he was left to drown. Number 29. The Devil with the Three Golden Hairs once upon a time, there was a poor woman who gave birth to a little son, and since he was born with a call, it was prophesied that he would marry the king's daughter by the time he was fourteen. Soon after, the king happened to come to the village, but no one knew that he was the king. When he asked the people about the latest news, they answered, Just recently, a child was born with a call. Now fortune will shine on him in all his endeavors. Indeed, it's been prophesied that he'll marry the king's daughter by the time he's fourteen. Since the king had an evil heart and was disturbed by the prophecy, he went to the boy's parents and pretended to be friendly. I know that you are very poor people, he said, so let me have your child and I'll take good care of him. At first they refused, but when the stranger offered them a great deal of gold for him, they thought, since he's fortune's favorite, it's bound to turn out well for him. Therefore, they finally agreed and gave the child to the stranger. The king laid him in a box and rode away with him until he came to a deep river. Then he threw the box into the water and thought, Well, now I've rid my daughter of an undesirable suitor. But the box did not sink. Instead, it floated like a little boat, and not a single drop of water got into it. The box drifted to within two miles of the king's capital city, where it was blocked from going any further by a mill dam. Fortunately, the miller's apprentice was standing on the bank and saw it. Thinking he had found a great treasure, he used a hook to pull the box ashore. However, when he opened it, he discovered a lovely-looking boy who was alive and well. So he took the boy to the miller and his wife. So, so he took the boy to the miller and his wife, because they did not have any children. Indeed, they were delighted and said, "God has blessed us with this gift." They took good care of the foundling, and made sure that he was raised with all the best virtues. Now, one day the king happened to get caught in a thunderstorm and arrived at the mill. There he asked the miller and his wife whether the big boy was their son. No, they answered, he's a foundling. Fourteen years ago he floated down to the mill dam, and our apprentice fished him out of the water.
the king realized that it was no one else but fortune's favorite whom he had thrown into the water. My good people, he said, would it be possible for the young boy to carry a letter to the queen? I'll give him two gold coins as a reward. As your majesty commands, they answered and told the young boy to get ready. Then the king wrote a letter to the queen which said, As soon as the boy arrives with this letter, he's to be killed and buried. All this is to be done before my return. The boy set out with this letter, but lost his way, and at night he came to a great forest. When he saw a small light in the darkness, he began walking toward it and soon reached a little cottage. Upon entering, he discovered an old woman sitting all alone by the fire. She was startled by the sight of him and asked, Where did you come from and where are you going? I'm coming from the mill, he answered, and I'm, <laughs> and I'm on my way to deliver a letter to the queen, but since I've lost my way, I'd like to spend the night here. You poor boy, said the woman. You've stumbled on a robber's den. When they come home, they'll kill you. I don't care if they come, said the young boy. I'm not afraid. Besides, I'm too tired to go any further. He stretched himself out on a bench and fell asleep. Soon after, the robbers arrived and angrily asked who the strange boy was that was lying there. Oh, said the old woman. He's just an innocent child who's lost his way in the forest, and I've taken him in out of pity. He's carrying a letter to the queen. The robbers opened the letter and read it, and they discovered that the boy was to be killed immediately upon arrival. The hard-hearted robbers felt sorry for him, and the leader of the band tore up the letter and wrote another one, which said that the boy was to wed the king's daughter immediately upon arrival. They let him sleep peacefully on the bench until morning, and when he awoke, they showed him the right path out of the forest. Once the queen received the letter and read it, she did as it said. She prepared a splendid wedding feast, and the king's daughter was married to fortune's favorite. Since the boy was handsome and friendly, she was quite happy and content to live with him. After some time passed, the king returned to the castle and saw that the prophecy had been fulfilled and that Fortune's favorite had married his daughter. How did it happen? he asked. I gave entirely different orders in my letter. The queen handed him the letter and told him to see what it said for himself. The king read the letter and realized right away that it had been switched for the one he wrote. He asked the boy what had happened to the letter he had been entrusted to carry and why he had delivered another one. I know nothing about it, he answered. It must have been switched while I was asleep in the forest. Well, you're not going to get things as easily as you think, said the king in a rage. Whoever wants to have my daughter must first travel to hell and fetch three golden hairs from the devil's head. If you bring me what I want, you may keep my daughter. This way, the king hoped to get rid of him forever. But Fortune's favorite answered, You can count on me to fetch the golden hairs. I'm not afraid of the devil. He then took his leave and began the journey. His way led him to a big city where the watchman at the gate asked him what kind of trade he practiced and what he knew. I know everything. Fortune's favorite said. 
Then you can do us a favor, the watchman responded, and tell us why the fountain at our marketplace, which used to gush with wine, has run dry and doesn't even provide us with water anymore. Just wait until I return, he answered, and you shall learn the reason why. He continued on his way, and when he came to another city, the watchman at the gate again asked him what trade he practiced and what he knew. I know everything, he said. Then you can do us a favor and tell us why a tree in our city that used to bear golden apples doesn't even produce leaves any more. Just wait until I return, he answered, and you shall learn the reason why. He went further and came to a big river that he had to cross. The ferryman asked him what kind of trade he practiced and what he knew. I know everything, he said. Then you can do me a favor, said the ferryman, and tell me why I must take people back and forth without relief. Just wait until I return, he answered, and you shall learn the reason why. When Fortune's favorite reached the other side of the river, he found the entrance to hell. It was so dark and sooty inside, and the devil was not at home. However, his grandmother was sitting in a large easy chair. What do you want? she asked him. But she did not look very wicked. I'd like to have three golden hairs from the devil's head, he replied, or else I won't be able to keep my wife. That's a lot to ask, she said. If the devil comes home and finds you, it will cost you your neck. But since I feel sorry for you, I'll see if I can help. She changed him into an ant and said, Crawl into the folds of my skirt. You'll be safe there. All right, he answered. That's fine, but there are still three things I'd like to know. Why has a fountain that used to gush with wine become dry, and why doesn't it produce even water now? Why has a tree that used to bear golden apples no longer bear e even leaves anymore? And why must a ferryman take people back and forth without relief? Those are difficult questions, she replied, but keep still and quiet and pay attention to what the devil says when I pull out the three golden hairs. At nightfall, the devil came home. No sooner did he enter the house than he noticed the air was not pure. I smell, I smell the flesh of a man, he said. Something's wrong here. Then he looked in all the nooks and crannies and searched around, but he could not find anything. The grandmother scolded him. I've just swept, she said, and put everything in order. Now you're messing it all up again. You're always smelling the flesh of men. Just sit down and eat your supper. After he'd had something to eat and drink, he was tired and laid his head in his grandmother's lap. Then he told her to pick the lice from his head for a while. Soon after, he fell asleep and began to snore and wheeze. Now the old woman grabbed hold of a golden hair and ripped it out and put it down beside her. Ouch! screamed the devil. What are you doing to me? I, I had a bad dream, the grandmother said, and grabbed hold of your hair. What did you dream? the devil asked. I dreamed there was a fountain at the marketplace that used to gush with wine, and it ran dry. It even stopped providing water. What do you think that happened? Huh, 
the devil replied. If they only knew. There's a toad sitting underneath the stone in the fountain. They kill it. The wine will flow again. The grandmother began lousing him again until he fell asleep and snored so loudly that the windows trembled. Then she tore out a second hair. Hey, what are you doing? The devil screamed angrily. I didn't mean it, she said. I did it in a dream. What did you dream this time? he asked. I dreamed that in a kingdom there was an apple tree that used to bear golden apples, and now it can't produce even leaves. Why do you think that happened? Ha <laughs> the devil replied. If they only knew, there's a mouse gnawing at the roots. When they kill the mouse, the tree will bear golden apples again. If it continues to gnaw much longer, the tree will wither completely away. Now, leave me alone with your dreams. If you disturb me in my sleep one more time, I'll give you a good hard slap. The grandmother spoke softly to him and loused him again until he fell asleep and began snoring. Then she grabbed hold of the third golden hair and tore it out. The devil jumped up, screamed, and was about to teach her a lesson, but she calmed him down again and said, What can you do against dreams? What did you dream? he asked, and was curious in spite of himself. I dreamed of a ferryman who complained that he had to take people back and forth without relief. Why do you think he's got to do this? Ah, the fool, the devil replied. He just has to put the pole into the hand of someone who wants to get across, and this person will have to do the ferrying, and the ferryman will be free. Since the grandmother had, no, had now torn out the three golden hairs, and the three questions had been answered, she let the old snake rest peacefully and sleep until daybreak. Thereupon the devil departed, and the old woman took the ant from the fold in her skirt and restored fortune's favorite to his human form. "'Here are the three golden hairs,' she said. "'You undoubtedly heard what the devil said to your three questions?' "'Yes,' he answered. "'I heard everything, and I'll certainly remember it all.' "'Then you have what you need,' she said, "'and now you can move on.' He thanked the old woman for helping, him out of his, for helping him out of his predicament and left hell in a happy mood, for he had achieved what he had set out to do. Then he came to the ferryman. He was obliged to keep his promise. "'Take me across first, said Fortune's favorite, "'and I'll tell you how you can be relieved of your work.' When he was on the other side, he gave him the devil's advice. When someone comes and wants to be taken across, just put the pole in his hands. Then Fortune's favorite moved on, and when he came to the city where the barren tree stood, the watchman was also expecting his answer. So Fortune's favorite told him what he'd heard from the devil. Kill the mouse that's been gnawing on the roots, then the tree will bear apples again. The watchman thanked him and rewarded him with two donkeys laden with gold. Next, Fortune's favorite went to the city, where the fountain had run dry, and told the watchman what the devil had said. There's a toad in the fountain sitting underneath a stone. You must find it and kill it, then the fountain will gush with plenty of wine again. The watchman thanked him and also gave him two donkeys laden with gold. Finally, Fortune's favorite returned home to his wife, who was very happy to see him again and hear how successful he'd been. He brought the king what he demanded, the three golden hairs, and when the king saw the four donkeys laden with gold, he was very pleased and said, 
Now all the conditions have been fulfilled, and you may keep my daughter. But, my dear son-in-law, tell me, where did you get all this gold? It's such a great treasure. I found it on the ground and picked it up after I crossed a river. He said, the bank is completely covered with gold instead of sand. Can I also get some? asked the king, who was very greedy. As much as you like, he answered. There's a ferryman at the river. Just let him take you across. <laughs> let him take you across. You'll be able to fill your sacks to the brim. The greedy king set out as fast as he could, and when he came to the river, he signaled the ferryman to take him across. The ferryman came and told him to get into the boat, and when they reached the other side, the ferryman put the pole into his hand and ran away. From then on, the king was compelled to ferry people back and forth as punishment for his sins. Is he still ferrying? Why, of course. Do you think someone's about to take the pole away from him? going to read the entirety of the infancy gospel of Thomas. Um, this is a gospel that when the New Testament was assembled was left on the cutting room floor so to speak. Uh, it was very popular in the first centuries of the common era and it was written in about the year 150. The Infancy Gospel of Thomas I, Thomas the Israelite, announce and make known to all you brethren from the Gentiles the childhood and great deeds of our Lord Jesus Christ, which he did when he was born in our country. This is the beginning. When this child Jesus was five years old, he was playing at the ford of a stream. He made pools of the rushing water and made it immediately pure. He ordered this by word alone. He made soft clay and modeled twelve sparrows from it. It was the Sabbath when he did this. There were many other children playing with him. A certain Jew saw what Jesus did while playing on the Sabbath. He immediately went and announced to his father, Joseph, See? Your child is at the stream and has taken clay and modeled twelve birds. He has profaned the Sabbath. Joseph came to the place, and seeing what Jesus did, he cried out, Why do you do such on the Sabbath what is not lawful to do? Jesus clapped his hands and cried to the sparrows, Be gone! And the sparrows flew off chirping. The Jews saw this, and they were amazed. They went away and described to their leaders what they had seen Jesus do. The son of Annas, the scribe, was standing there with Joseph. 
he took a branch of a willow and scattered the water which Jesus had arranged. Jesus saw what he did and became angry and said to him, You unrighteous and pious ignoramus! What did the pools and the water do to harm you? Behold, you shall also wither as a tree, and you shall not bear leaves nor roots nor fruit. And, and immediately that child was all withered. Jesus left and went to the house of Joseph. The parents of the withered one bore him away, bemoaning his lost youth. <laughs> they led him to Joseph and reproached him. What kind of child do you have who does such things? Once again, he was going through the village, and a child who was running banged into his shoulder. Jesus was angered and said to him, You shall go no further on your way. And immediately the child fell down dead. Some people saw this happen and said, From whence was this child begotten? For his every word is an act accomplished. The parents of the dead boy went to Joseph and blamed him. Because you have such a boy, you cannot live with us in the village. Your alternative is to teach him to bless and not to curse, for he is killing our children. Joseph took the child aside privately and warned him, saying, Why do you do such things? These people are suffering, and they hate us and are persecuting us. Jesus said, I know that these are not your words, but on account of you I will be silent. However, they shall bear their punishment. <laughs> Immediately, those who accused him were blinded. Those who saw were very frightened and puzzled. And they said about him, Every word he speaks, whether good or evil, happens and is a miracle. When he saw what Jesus had done, Joseph arose and took hold of Jesus' ear and pulled it hard. The child was angry and said to him, It is fitting for you to seek and not find. You have acted very stupidly. Do you not know I am yours? Do not vex me. A man named Zacchaeus, a teacher, was standing there, and he heard in part. Jesus said these he heard in part Jesus saying these things to his father. He was greatly astonished that he said such things, since he was just a child. And after a few days he approached Joseph. He approached Joseph and said to him, You have a smart child, and he has a mind. Come, hand him over to me, so that he may learn writing. I will give him all the understanding with the letters, and teach him how to greet all the elders, and to honor them as grandfathers and fathers, and to love his peers. He, he told him all the letters from the Alpha to the Omega, plainly, with much discussion. But Jesus looked at Zacchaeus, the teacher, and said to him, You do not know the Alpha according to nature. How do you teach others the Beta? You hypocrite! First, if you know it, teach the Alpha. Then we shall believe you about the Beta. Then he began to question the teacher about the first letter, and he could not answer him. Many heard as the child said to Zacchaeus, Listen, teacher, to the order of the first element, and pay attention to this, how it has lines and a central mark, which goes through the two lines, you see? They converge, go up, again come to head, become the same three times, subordinate and hypostatic isometric. You now have the lines of Alpha. When the teacher, Zacchaeus, heard so many such allegories of the first letter spoken by the child, he was puzzled about such expoundings and his teaching. He said to those present, Woe is me! I am a wretched, and I am wretched and puzzled. 
I have shamed myself trying to handle this child. I beg you, Brother Joseph, take him away. I cannot bear the severity of his glance. I cannot understand his speech at all. His speech at all. This child is not earthborn. He is able to tame even fire. Perhaps he was begotten before the world's creation. What belly bore him? What womb nurtured him? I don't know. Woe is me, friend. He completely confuses me. I cannot follow his understanding. I fooled myself. I am thrice wretched. I worked anxiously to have a disciple, and I found myself with a teacher. I consider my shame, friends. I am an old man, and I have been conquered by a child. For at this hour, I cannot look into his gaze. When all they say that I have been conquered by a little child, what can I say? What can I discuss about the lines of the first element he spoke to me? I do not know, O friends, for I do not know its beginning and end. Therefore, I beg you, Brother Joseph, take him into your house. He is something great, a god, an angel, or what should I say? I do not know. While the Jews were comforting Zacchaeus, the child gave a great laugh, saying, Now, let what is yours bear fruit, and the blind in heart see. I am from above, in order that I may curse them, and call them into the beings, and call them into the things which are above, because he who sent me on your account ordered it. And as the child ceased talking, immediately all those who had fallen under his curse were saved, or healed, and after that no and after that no one dared to anger him lest he should curse him and he should become crippled after some days jesus was playing upstairs in a certain house and one of the children playing with him fell out of the house and died and when the other children saw this they ran away and jesus remained alone the parents of the dead child came and accused jesus of throwing him down jesus replied i did not throw him down but they still accused him. Then Jesus leaped down from the roof and stood by the body of the child and cried out in a great voice, saying, Xenon! That was his name. Rise up and tell me, did I throw you down? He immediately rose up and said, No, Lord, you did not throw me down, but you raised me. Those who saw this were astonished. The parents of the child glorified God because of the sign that had happened, and they worshipped Jesus. After a few days, a young man was splitting wood in the vicinity. The axe fell and split the bottom of his foot, and he was bleeding to death. There was an outcry, and people gathered. The child Jesus ran there. He pushed through the crowd and seized the injured foot of the youth. Immediately he was healed. He said to the youth, Now get up, split your wood, and remember me. The crowd Seeing what had happened, worshipped the child, saying, Truly the Spirit of God lives in this child. When he was six, his mother sent him to draw water and to bring it into the house, giving him a pitcher. But in the crowd he had a collision. The water jug was broken. Jesus spread out the garment he had on, filled it with water, and bore it to his mother, when his mother saw the miracle, she kissed him, and she kept to herself the mysteries which she saw him do. Again, during planting time, the child went with his father to sow seed in their field. While they planted, his father sowed, 
and the child Jesus planted one grain of wheat. When he had reaped and threshed it, it yielded one hundred measures, and he called all the poor of the village to give to the threshing floor and gave them the grain. Joseph took the remainder of the grain. He was eight when he did this sign. His father was a carpenter, and at that time made plows and yokes. He received an order from a certain rich man to make a bed for him. One beam came out shorter than the other, and he did not know what to do. The child Jesus said to his father, Lay the two pieces of wood alongside each other and make them even at one end. Joseph did as the child told him. Jesus stood at the other end and grasped the shorter beam. He stretched it and made it equal with the other. His father Joseph saw and was astonished, and embracing the child he kissed him and said, I am blessed because God has given this child to me. When Joseph saw the mind and age of the child that he was growing up, he again wished him not to be ignorant of letters, and he took him and gave him to another teacher. But the teacher said to Joseph, First I will teach him Greek and then Hebrew, for the teacher knew the child's learning and feared him. Nevertheless, he wrote the alphabet and taught him for many hours, but Jesus did not answer him. Then Jesus said to him, If you really are a teacher and you know all the letters well, tell me the power of Alpha, and I will tell you that of Beta. The teacher was angered and hit Jesus on the head. The child was hurt and cursed him. Immediately the teacher fainted, falling to the ground upon his face. The child returned to the house of Joseph, but Joseph was grief-stricken, and gave this order to his mother. Do not let him go outside the door, because anyone who angers him dies. After some time, there was another teacher, a good friend of Joseph. He said to him, Bring the child to me at school. Maybe by flattery I can teach him letters. Joseph said, If you dare, brother, take him with you. He took him with fear and much anxiety, but the child went with pleasure. Jesus went boldly into the school and found a book lying on the lectern, and taking it, did not read the letters in it, but opened his mouth and spoke by the Holy Spirit, and taught the law to those standing nearby. A great crowd gathered and stood listening to him. They were astonished at the beauty of his teaching and the eloquence of his words, that being a babe he could say such things. Joseph heard and was frightened. He ran into the school, wondering whether this teacher was also without skill. But the teacher said to Joseph, No, brother, that I took the child as a disciple, but he is full of much grace and wisdom, and I beg you, brother, take him into your house. When the child heard this, immediately he smiled at him and said, Since you spoke correctly and witnessed correctly, on account of you the one who was stricken shall be healed. And immediately the other teacher was healed. Joseph took up the child and returned home. Joseph sent his son James to gather wood and bring it into the house. The child Jesus followed him. While James was gathering the sticks, a snake bit James's hand. As he lay dying, Jesus came near and breathed on the bite. Immediately James ceased suffering, the snake burst, and James was healed. After this, in the neighborhood of Joseph, a certain child took sick and died. His mother wept bitterly. 
Jesus, hearing the great mourning and clamor, ran quickly and found the child dead. He touched his breast and said, I say to you, child, do not die, but live and be with your mother. And immediately the child looked up and laughed. Jesus said to the woman, Pick him up and give him milk and remember me. The crowd standing around saw and was amazed. And they said, Truly, this child is a god or an angel of God, because his every word becomes a finished deed. And Jesus left there and played with the other children. After some time, a house was being built, and there was a great clamor. Jesus arose and went there. Seeing a man lying dead, he took his hand and said, I say to you, man, arise to your work. And immediately he arose and worshipped him. Seeing this, the crowd was astonished and said, This is a heavenly child, for he saved many souls from death and can save them all his life. When he was twelve, his parents, according to custom, went to Jerusalem to the Passover with their traveling companions. After the Passover, they were returned they returned to their house. While they were going home, the child Jesus went back to Jerusalem. His parents thought that he was in the caravan. After a day's travel, they sought him among their kinfolk, and when they did not find him, they were troubled. And they returned again to the city to seek him. After three days, they found him in the temple, seated in the midst of the teachers, listening and questioning them. They were all attentive and amazed at how he, being a child, could argue with the elders and teachers of the people, solving the chief problems of the law and the parables of the prophets. His mother Mary came up and said to him, How can you have done this to us, child? Behold, we've looked everywhere for you, grieving. And Jesus said to them, Why did you look for me? Didn't you know that I must be in my father's house? The scribes and Pharisees said, Are you the mother of this child? She said, I am. (laughs) They said to her, You are blessed among women, because God has blessed the fruit of your womb. We have never before seen or heard such glory or such excellence and wisdom. Jesus arose and followed his mother and was obedient to his parents, but his mother kept in her heart all that had happened. Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and grace. Glory be to him forever and ever. Amen. Thanks for listening to this recording. I hope it was rewarding for you. Until the next episode, this is Frauder H saying, hey.